To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to, me to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message on this sixth Sunday after Pentecost is the gospel for this morning. You heard it read before from Matthew 13. I recall just these words. He said, listen, a farmer went to plant seed. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who commands us as good soil also to plant some seed, my beloved. The words before us this morning from Matthew chapter 13 actually are Jesus' very first parable. You know what a parable is. That's uh, Jesus' used a, a word a illustration to uh, paint some pictures for us of his spiritual kingdom. And the one before us this morning is a very simple story about a farmer who went to plant some seed. Now, back in Jesus' day, and by the way, it was kind of interesting watching the Minnesota farm fields, and uh, once somebody asked the question, what is that out there in the field? This was an absolute huge tractor. You know how big those, those tires are? Uh, you know, back in Jesus' day, they didn't have the John Deere uh, tractors or a Case IH uh, with computerized plowing equipment and air-conditioned uh, cab with uh, surround sound stereo. Farmer went out into his field with a little bag, took some seed out and threw it around. Now, you have to understand a little bit about uh, farming back then because these were not 40, 60, 80, 160-acre uh, farms. These were like large gardens. And one garden was separated from another and another, another by the walkways, which they called, well, roads. Well, the soil in those walkways were packed down like concrete from the farmers going to and from their, their fields. And uh, the soil right aside uh, of the road was sort of stony. Not much soil there. You go a little further in, probably some weeds, until you finally got to the soft, good, rich, black soil. Jesus' parable is all about what happened to the seed when it landed. To very quickly translate Jesus' parable, the farmer is God. The seed is the word, and human hearts are the soil. The seed is the word of God, which very simply tells us, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Very simple word of God. But as I mentioned, the different soils represent different human hearts and the response to the message. With that hard clay, that sort of concrete-like clay, the seed couldn't penetrate. So the birds of the air picked it up. Shallow soil filled with stones, little, little soil there. Couldn't put its roots down deep, so it died and withered. Thorny soil plant germinated. Thorns were, uh, grew up along with it. The thorns choked out the uh, plant. It died. And then there was a good soil. And the seed grew. 
and reproduced itself a hundred times, sixty times, or thirty times, Jesus said. Jesus' parable is all about listening to the word. Some hear, but don't really listen. Some hear and listen, but only for a little while. Some hear and listen for a while, but imagine that they really don't have to give their undivided attention to the word that God is talking to them. They're too, too easily distracted. And some keep hearing and listening, and they grow in faith and service to the Lord and bring others to faith. And finally, they themselves are harvested to the Lord in heaven. Now, this parable, as I mentioned, is all about listening. It's not just about ears and eardrums. It's about hearing and listening and understanding God's word. Now, I'm sure you've seen uh, um, speakers on TV, maybe even in some uh, public audiences, where they have to have signers for the deaf people. You know, the, 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 the deaf people sitting in the audience, they can't hear, but they certainly can listen and understand because of the sign language. Hearing is simply a nothing more than sound vibrations uh, hitting the eardrum. You know, thunder and a fire engine siren and a crying child and an orchestra. Listening is hearing the sound and understanding what it means. Listening is not just waiting for your turn to speak. And listening, by the way, is one of the remaining areas of life where you simply cannot multitask. You can't uh, text on your uh, smartphone or play a game and listen at the same time. Years ago, my associate and, my, and myself from... Uh, Another job went out and we did some speaking engagements regarding the differences between women and men. And uh, after our presentation, one of the pastors, and he was serious, he says, You know, Rick, I think I'm one of the only guys who can listen to the Packer game, watch the Packer game, read the newspaper, and listen to my wife at the same time. And he was serious. The first kind of soil. A person who hears but does not really listen goes through the motions of hearing the word, but auto, almost immediately the devil takes it away. And maybe these are some extreme examples, but did you ever go into some of the Lutheran churches and in a certain hall, we don't have them here, and you're surrounded by all the confirmation pictures with the kids in the white gowns from all those past years? Boy, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, some of those classes were 30, 40, 50, 60, maybe even 100 kids. And then there was confirmation. And then for many of you, you never saw them in church again. Hear, but not listen. Maybe less of an extreme example. Uh, hearing, but not listening. My, one of my maternal, uh, my maternal uh, sainted grandmother knew the promises of God and Jesus Christ, a fine Christian, but boy, did she worry. Her uh, youngest son, my uncle, 
got a divorce. And so my grandmother and my uncle decided that they would buy a house together, you know, share the cost. And every night, my, my uncle was in his 30s, my grandmother would lie awake. Where is he? When is he going to come in? What girl is he going out with? What happens if he gets married? Am I going to lose the house? Worry, worry. And she talked about her worries. And one day I came up to her and I said, Grandma, you shouldn't worry so much. Don't you know that worry is a sin? She says, yes, I know. But what are you going to do? How many yeah buts are there in our lives? You see, the, double, the devil, with all of his temptations, simply wants to pluck the seed from our hearts. I mean, even we come to worship, don't we? And we pull out our maroon hymnals. And a pastor is up there saying some words. And we say some prayers. And if you're not careful, all of a sudden the mind wonders a little bit, who are the brewers playing this afternoon? And what are we going to have for lunch? And what are we going to do this afternoon? And what's on my work agenda for tomorrow? We hear, but we don't listen. The shallow ground was that person who, first of all, gladly hears the word and becomes a Christian and is so enthusiastic. And uh, the person thinks that Christianity is going to solve all of his problems. But then when the going gets rough, he gives up his faith without much struggle at all. And then there's the thorny soil, the worries and cares of life that want to choke the faith. I remember uh, way back when, my goodness, so many years ago when I was a vicar, a student pastor up in Canada, one of my assignments as a student pastor was to visit the straying people who hadn't been in church for a long time. One day I visited this uh, very well-to-do businessman. He hadn't been in church for three years. He wasn't hearing the message of Jesus Christ because he had been so busy at work. He said, you know what, maybe when I get less busy, I'll come back to church. He hadn't been there for three years. I said, do you know uh, when that might be, when you become less busy? He said, no. Any thorns in your life that are distracting your listening? How do we apply really all of this to all of our life? Well, in reality, you know, when you were conceived and born, you were concrete. You were like the road, the pathway. You were born deaf to God's word, dead in trespasses and sins, a spiritual corpse, unable to respond or hear God's word. In fact, before being brought to faith, we are sort of like... uh, listening to a foreign language when it comes to the gospel. I remember years back, quite a years back already, again, my wife and I had the opportunity to take a tour with a big group to uh, Europe, and we uh, were in Hungary. And because of an accident, which was half caused by me, my wife got a gash in her leg, and one time uh, we were in a small town in Hungary passing through, and we needed a Band-Aid, and we went into a drugstore. Nobody could speak English there. We tried to ask for a Band-Aid. Oh, 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 didn't know what it was. I said, no, you know a Band-Aid? Sometimes we think, you know, if we talk louder uh, with a foreign language, then they'll really understand us. When it comes to the message of the gospel, we all need a signer. We all need a translator. And that's the Holy Spirit. God says in his holy word, 1 Corinthians, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. God has revealed those things to us by his Spirit. How? 
water in the word, bread and wine in the word, the gospel of Jesus Christ, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. You see, the warning of Jesus' parable this morning for all of us is to be careful because now you hear and don't uh, intentionally or inadvertently deafen yourself again. My mother, I remember when my uh, mother-in-law, now sainted, uh, we were her caregivers for quite a few years, and we weren't watching her health uh, issues, and she got so much wax in her ears, it built up so much that she went deaf. And she had to be taken to the emergency room. They cleaned out the wax that she could hear again. Went to the doctor not too long ago. She said, you got a lot of wax in your ears. She says, but whatever you do, don't put any cotton swabs in there because you'll drive the wax in further and you might get deaf. In fact, maybe you've heard the story, don't put anything bigger than your left elbow into your ear. You can deafen yourself by not listening. Maybe I'm uh, showing my age, but the last time I went down to Summerfest was probably five, six years ago. And it was kind of interesting for me to watch all the kids with these earplugs hanging around their neck. And then when they would go to the next view, uh, uh, venue, they'd plug them in. I wondered, what's this all about? They're not really hearing and they're not listening. They're just uh, feeling the bass pounding against their chest. Be careful that you don't deaf, uh, become deaf or have a deafness of faith by worldly, thorny distractions. Because if you're attentive to God's simple word, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again, your faith will grow and produce a crop 30, 60, 100 times. I'm telling you, as, as uh, you listen to this uh, parable, and that little midsection where Jesus is talking about his disciples being so blessed. We have the same blessing today as those 12 disciples did back then. Verse 13, Jesus said, Knowledge about, of 11, knowledge about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been revealed to you. What, what mysteries? The Holy Trinity. That God created the world in six days. That Jesus died on a cross. That he rose again and ascended into heaven and watches over all things. Blessed are your, your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I can guarantee this truth. Many prophets and many of God's people long to see what you see but didn't see it. And to hear what you hear but didn't hear it. But just think about it. You have seen and you have heard the very messenger himself. Your sins are forgiven you. Take and eat. This is my body. He who lives and believes in me shall never die. Come to me, all you who are burdened. The encouragement, don't deafen yourself against God's word, but keep on listening so that that faith might grow in your hearts. 
But you know, as I was looking at this, uh, these words before us this morning, I said, you know, there's another application for us. And it has to do a whole lot with what's coming up in about a week. And that is Operation Arctic. Vacation Bible Camp is going to begin soon. One of the biggest uh, endeavors that we undertake as a congregation. Um, spend a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort. Last year, it uh, resulted in about 107 kids in registration, a high of about uh, 90 kids every day. After it was all over, I didn't see 70 new families joining our church. Some say, well, where are the results? Where are the returns? Of course, we don't know. Some of those kids might be going to other churches. Some faith might grow in their hearts, and later on, we'll see them 10 years from now. We don't know. But Jesus tells us, you don't have to be responsible for the harvest. All I want you to do is plant. God will give the harvest according to his will. In my studies this past week, I came across this paraphrase uh, by James Bowles, uh, one of our LCMS professors, in his uh, commentary on this parable. And he paraphrased what he, he thought Jesus was telling his disciples by this parable. And it goes like this. Jesus speaking to his disciples. My ministry has met ongoing resistance and has not been an unqualified success. That is not the fault of the word of the good news of the reign and rule of God that I preached. It is a problem of the heart of man and Satan. But all is not and will not be lost. For some do respond and will do so abundantly. Be thankful that God has made you good soil. But as he made you good soil, he also transforms you into planters. So now it's time to not worry about the results. Just go out and plant some seed. Some will take root, and some will produce 30 and 60 and 100 times. And we close with prayer. Lord, continue to plant your word richly in us. Remove the stone and weeds that impede your word, and may your word then bring forth a harvest of mature fruit in all who believe. O divine planter, Keep me from becoming discouraged as I entrust my life to your word and seek to share your message of salvation with others. God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen and amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith this morning with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, 
by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time now to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. (laughs) 